Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. What is the latest clinical evidence around durable treatment modalities for neovascular macular degeneration? This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Sabin Dane. I'm Jay Shreeler. Great question, Sabin. So perisimab is this new mechanism of action. We have had intravitreal anti-vascular endothelial growth factor VEGF for a long time in the retina space. But now we have perisimab, which has this dual antibody mechanism. It's not only anti-VEGF, it's also anti-ANG2. And because it's targeting two distinct disease pathways, one of the goals was to try to come up with more durable therapy for our patients. And, you know, in the phase three clinical trials, Tanaya and Lucerne for wet AMD, the pure data really suggests a really strong durability signal. 63% of these patients were Q16 weeks, and about 80% of them were at least every 12 weeks when you got out to 112 weeks, or again, you're talking about two years. And if you looked across all the treatment arms, there was comparable visual acuity improvement and central subfield thickness reduction, right? And it was really well tolerated no safety signals. We do have the long-term extension study, which is always important to us when we think about real world. These patients don't just get treatment for two years. They're going to have many, many years of treatment. So this long-term extension study, Now X, will give us four years of data. And it really is something that's valuable to look forward to now having this new mechanism of action. It's important to note, we also have approved on the market now a flux of eight milligram, which was the Pulsar one-year data showed, again, greater durability. So we really have better durable agents now, Sabin, than we had historically. What about the port delivery system of ranibizumab? Ranibizumab is a molecule we've had for a long time, but now this is a new mechanism of delivery. How does that compare in terms of durability? Great question. And the PDS, the port delivery system, is a really exciting new platform. I mean, start off, we'll talk about the portal five-year outcomes. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to know, is this high durability treatment do we see that continued long durability, long mechanism of action over multiple years of treatment, especially because we're committing these patients, Jade, to a surgical intervention? So if you look at the portal five-year data, it is really optimistic-looking data. I mean, we are talking about patients who are in Q24-week refills. So these are patients that are really getting their port delivery systems refilled twice a year. And with that, we're able to maintain their visual gains and maintain their visual benefits from this long-lasting anti-VEGF treatment. And as you mentioned, we've had ranibizumab for quite some time. So this is a molecule that retina specialists are very familiar with. It's very predictable. We have experience with it. But now we have an alternative means of administering ranibizumab to patients that last much longer. So that is exciting. But at the same time, like I alluded to, PDS is a surgical intervention. So there is going to be a different risk profile with the port delivery system that we do have to take into account. So when we look at the safety outcome data, you know, we are seeing things that you normally don't see with the standard anti-VEGF intravitreal injection trials. We have to worry about conge erosion, where the actual implanted device becomes exposed. In some cases, these will have to be explanted, and you'll have to take the patient back to the operating room. There was a non-trivial amount of vitreous hemorrhage. Now, thankfully, these were not visually threatening vitreous hemorrhages. Some of the patients did have to go back for vitrectomy to get these vitreous hemorrhages cleared, but they were able to do well. But that is another concern. The other concern we have with any 
therapeutic that we're entering the eye with is endophthalmitis, especially now that we have implanted hardware. If patients were to get endophthalmitis from one of these devices, how do we manage that? And would that necessitate removing the device? And these are all questions we're still trying to answer. When we look at the clinical trial data, we have a list of site-threatening adverse reactions or events. And thankfully, those rates were still relatively low. In this study, there was one patient who had a very severe hyphema that was deemed as site-threatening. And we can't talk about PDS without septum dislodgement. As a lot of people know, the PDS has been voluntarily recalled at this time because of this concern for septum dislodgement. So we'll have to see what comes out of all that research to try to rectify that issue and when and if it'll come back to market. Great points, Sabin. And safety is always so important when we start talking about these options for our patients. And septum dislodgement, big issue, voluntary recall, as you mentioned. But it will be important to see what happens in the future, PDS coming back to market, or again, even the second generation. One of the big questions is how do these new durable therapies stack up in the real world? How do they impact visual outcomes in patients? Fortunately, we don't have time to address that question today, but you can tune into our next episode of the Minute to CMA series. Sabin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jay. See you next time. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash Prova. Thank you for listening.